Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also find us uh, Facebook, Lakes, Woods, and Irons there. And also uh, Podcast MN, a new uh, landing spot for Minnesota podcasts. Just uh, look for Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Our podcast version is there for you. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks, and now some uh, great deals. No, no 0% financing for 84 months on a whole bunch of their vehicles for the month of May. So that's pretty good. Chris, uh, it seems like we're getting a little optimism out there. It's got to be nice to be teaching again for you and uh, uh, great to be on the golf course for me. And uh, just those are personal observations, obviously, but <laughs> your profession, it's got to feel good to be working again. Well, I'll tell you, Mac, just from a mental health standpoint, to be able to be back one outside, but most importantly, back outside and uh, helping people enjoy this great game, it's, uh, it, it's, it's very nice. Yeah, it really is. The, the camaraderie of it and seeing your, uh, seeing your colleagues and, uh, in your case, a lot of times your uh, students as well, and uh, uh, just it, uh, you need to see people. <laughs> humans no, need no to question. see other humans. I'm convinced no, of it. No question. Yeah. <laughs> Zoom just doesn't do it. No, it does not. <laughs> we had another uh, a match come uh, this week. Kind of came down the pike. Rory McIlroy and uh, Dustin Johnson. We were just talking briefly about it. Uh, Ricky Fowler and uh, what's Wolf's first name again? Matthew Wolf. Matthew Wolf. Yeah, he won here in Minnesota, correct? Correct. Yeah, rookie on the PGA Tour. You know, one of the <laughs> one of the best college golfers of all time at, at Oklahoma State, and uh, I guess I think he won almost twenty twenty uh, college events. So it, um, uh, he is one of the uh, up and comers on the PGA Tour for sure, and uh, really a cool cool match. Driving relief. Uh, the TaylorMade Driving Relief event, it's going to be called, and um, uh, come up quick here, March eighteenth or May eighteenth or seventeenth, I guess. Good uh, at, at Seminole Golf Club, which um, you know I have some connection there. My son Michael is an assistant pro there, so uh, it uh, Seminole is year in and year out in the top five or f- top five to ten golf courses in the world. It's a great. Old Donald Ross Golf Course. It's it's right on the ocean in in uh, Jupiter, Florida. And um, what's really cool is they've never had Seminole on TV. Uh, they they've had they've hosted some you know big amateur events in the past. Um, they have the Walker Cup there next year, which the world will get to see that on TV. But this is really the first time anybody outside of uh, you know either seeing any pictures or playing themselves so they will get to see the, the golf course it's a fantastic golf course that's great you get some kind of uh, real characters there Rory is a great uh, ambassador for the game and Ricky Fowler is so popular and young uh, Wolf that was some really good stuff on uh, ESPN a while back about those Oklahoma State teams that were so good during yes. the college championships and and Dustin, I, I think Dustin's probably just uh, whatever year it's going to be in the next two or three years. I can, I can see him having one of those years where he just gets back to that dominating form that uh, few, very few guys can get to his level, and uh, he seems about due for that to me. Well, you know, the, this this layoff. Some players, it's going to be be bad. Some players, it's going to be good. But you know, Dustin's had a few injuries over the past year to eighteen months, and. 
I would guess that he has gotten himself very healthy in this layoff, and he could come out in full force. Yeah, yeah. Another a bit of good news that we got, we had Dave Sedlowski on with us last week. You two uh, do an awful lot with uh, youth uh, golf in the area, in the lakes area. And uh, this uh, BLAHS golf, Brainerd Lakes Area High School golf, is kind of going to come together with at least four events. And the first one is this week. So uh, kind of fun. May 7th at Rutgers, then uh, May 12th, I believe, at Pine Beach West. Deacons is in the mix the 13th and Cragens on the 19th with maybe a few more opportunities down the road. So uh, that's going to be really, really nice for the high school kids who miss their season, Chris. No, it's, it's great. It gives, you know, it gives the kids an opportunity to get some, some, you know, play some competitive golf to keep them, you know, keep them and keep them interested. And, um, you know, it, it's it's sad that we've lost the high school season, but you still get to compete and still get out. And, uh, all these kids, they, they they've got some time on their hands, so it's uh, it's great to see that we're we're able to support that. Sure, it, it's just yeah, just good. And golf's kind of an independent game, so uh, the coaching won't be allowed in the summertime from their high school coaches. Which that's just my opinion. I think you know, how about we just let them be coached since they didn't get to be coached <laughs> yeah, exactly. this year, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, it's really it's really good. Glad that uh, uh, Dave had an opportunity to work on that and, and put it together. And uh, uh, some area coaches obviously want their kids to play, so uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I hope they can they can get quite a few kids signed up. Uh, at the end of the show, we're going to talk about an event uh, that you've got planned, and then our we've got guests today. Chuck Kletkatsky is going to give us an update on the CRMC Classic and what's happening with the McKenzie Tour and uh, coming to the Brainerd Lakes area. And we'll also have an interview with our friends Tripp and Doc Bowden. That'll be uh, another segment with them. And uh, if you want entertaining, it's the Bowdens, right, Chris? No question. <laughs> my, uh, some of my favorite segments we've ever done. Yeah, this will be another good one. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Colin McDonald with you, Chris Foley as well. Also available now at our Facebook page, Lakes Woods and Irons Facebook page, and at Podcast MN, Podcast MN, a new landing spot for Minnesota podcasts, and really wherever you want to find your podcasts, you can find us there with Lakes Woods and Irons. That thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks. Our next segment features author Trip Bowden and his father, Doc Bowden, the longtime unofficial doctor of Augusta National. And you can get uh, Tripp's books, TrippBowden.com, TrippBowden.com, The Caddy's Cookbook, All the Memorable Rounds, Freddie and Me, all takes place around Augusta. And you can get an autographed copy from Tripp at TrippBowden.com. We pick up that interview now with uh, Chris Foley asking about Larry Mize, an Augusta native, winning the Masters. Doc, how, how special was it to see uh, Augusta native Larry Mize win the Masters? Yeah, I was there for that, and I know the, the Mize family, and uh, and know Larry. In fact, uh, uh, Larry's one of these down to earth guys. Uh, and Trip was playing in junior tournaments, uh, and Larry was in town. He'd come out there and uh, and sign autographs, and it make the and he'd come out and uh, uh, flip flops and, and uh, cut off shorts and everything. Uh, but to, to see him. 
uh, win, a hometown boy, and, and, and do it in such a fashion to chip in. That, that chip shot he had to the right of the green on uh, number 11, every time we play, every time I play, we all go over there uh, and say, okay, see if you can do this. And most everybody uh, hits it in the water on the other side. <laughs> but, it's, but the green slopes away from there. But for him to hold that thing, uh, and uh, I believe it was Greg Norman that got another disappointment. But um, and, that, and he was wearing a funky shirt that uh, Dave Spencer had designed <laughs> that year. Yeah. And uh, they usually don't repeat their patterns, but they did the next year. It's kind of a purple and black with cross uh, horizontal bars on it and everything. It really odd shirt, but he had that shirt on that day. And boy, next year they sold a ton of those things. The beginning of a lot of heartbreaking losses for Norman in major tournaments. <laughs> well, may I interject a... Ab- absolutely, Trip. You bet. Can I, can I interject a Larry Myers story? This is classic. This is actually the year before he won. Um, in, uh, I guess it was 86. And uh, there's a tournament in town. Pops talking about how Larry would come by at these junior tournaments and, you know, kind of hot up with the kids a little bit. Or I guess we're hot up with him. And uh, I won the playoff uh, to finish second in the Frank Report, and Larry was there handing out the trophies. So he hands me my trophy, my mom takes my picture, and she's all excited. She runs to the one-hour photo back when there was a one-hour photo. He comes back and says, get him to sign it. I'm like, it's just Larry Miles, mom. It's not like he's Jack Nicholas. not like he's won the Masters. And the next year he won the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> did so, you get the autograph? Actually, well, no, I didn't. But uh, later in life I did, actually, for his 25th anniversary, uh, winning the Masters. I did a story on him through the eyes of his parents. I went out and interviewed his parents at their property out in, um, out in Evans. And I had the picture with me, and uh, I told the story to uh, his mom and dad. And his dad didn't stop laughing for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, yeah, finally got an autograph. But that was, a, yeah, that was a lesson learned that mom, mama does know best, and we should all know that anyway. But I was like, yeah, stop. I even remember saying verbatim, it's not like he's won the master tomorrow. And he went to the next year. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my Larry Mod story. <laughs> Trip. One of my favorite stories is always uh, about the the pound cake at Augusta National. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> That's a good story. Um, well, Clifford Roberts, uh, the founder, one of the co-founders of Augusta National, uh, handpicked this chef. His name is Chef Clark, and to be his private chef for the club. And uh, Chef Clark was really kind of a meat and potatoes kind of guy. He uh, he wasn't much of a baker, shall we say? So Mr. Roberts was in town with some of his guys. And he calls Chef over and tells him that he wants his, uh, his favorite meal, which is the roasted lamb and the rosemary potatoes and, and this and that. And he says, I'm going to follow it up uh, with some port and my favorite dessert. And uh, Chef Clark says, uh, yes, sir, yes, sir. He says, what's that dessert? He said, uh, pound cake. He says, yes, sir, yes, sir, I'm on it. Well, Chef wasn't on nothing. He didn't know pound cake and cream brulee from a cream-filled donut. But he knew Kroger, which was across the street at that time from the Dutch National. So in full Chef Garp, he slips across the street. Gets a couple of tins of Sarah Lee pound cake, brings it back, toasts it up, sprinkles some powdered sugar on it, and presents it as Gus National Secret Recipe pound cake. <laughs> and if you've ever had Sarah Lee, it's pretty good. Yeah, not Mr. bad. Roberts being, <laughs> Mr. Roberts, um, he didn't shop for himself, so he wouldn't know Sarah Lee from, you know, if you walked and beat him on the butt. So after the meal, Chef gets called over there by Mr. Roberts, and he says, Chef, fantastic meal. I knew you had the best of everything. That's Gus National. That's the way we do it. He said, but just one thing. He said, yes, sir, what's that? Mr. Roberts says, I want the recipe. 
And Chef goes, for what? He says, for the pound cake. Chef's like, oh. <laughs> so for the rest of the season, Chef is a duck and Mr. Roberts. Yeah, there is no recipe. So finally at the end of the year, uh, Chef walks over there. I mean, Mr. Roberts walks in the kitchen and says, Chef, I don't know why you've been avoiding me all this year, but I really need that recipe for the pound cake. I'm going to take it back to New York, give it to my private chef, have him bake it up for the missus, and make up for some lost time because I've been gone for a long time. And the chef with nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, says, Mr. Roberts, the pound cake, sir, it's, it's Sarah Lee. And he <laughs> says, what? He says, Mr. Roberts, sir, that pound cake is it's Sarah Lee. And he says, what? And he says, Mr. Roberts, the pound cake, sir, it is Sarah Lee. And Mr. Roberts says, I don't give a damn if it's Robert E. Lee. I want that recipe. <laughs> Get Sarah on the phone. <laughs> and as long as Mr. Roberts was alive, the uh, Sarah Lee pound cake was the secret for Gus National <laughs> recipe. And also the, the clam chowder was, uh, was Campbell's soup. <laughs> With some new potatoes kind of nicked up and then uh, put some fresh parsley on top and clam juice and a few extra clams and that was it. He said that was a secret recipe. And Freddie would actually bring in these black trash cans and Chef Clark would hide the, the cans in the, in the trash bag and Freddie would throw them in the back of his station wagon so nobody would see it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how secretive Gus National is. <laughs> it's not really that secretive. <laughs> Guys, this has been fabulous we could go on and on and on actually and I, I could stay here all day uh well we could talk great. all day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be careful of what you wish for <laughs> doc before we wrap up where, where's your favorite viewing spot at augusta during the masters i've always been a roamer uh it, 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 right. in in those early days uh when uh, when tickets were abundant and you could just walk up uh, any day of the week and buy a ticket, uh, and the crowds weren't uh, oops, not supposed to call them crowds, supposed to call them patrons. Ah, the patrons, uh, yeah, yeah, the patrons. Uh, the numbers were less, uh, uh, and uh, they didn't have as many roped off areas and everything. I would uh, I, I would walk uh, with, and, and it was always with Arnie uh, when he when he teed off. I'd catch him on one and leave him on 18 and then go catch somebody else. Uh, uh, and, but nowadays, uh, it's uh, it's hard to do that. It's almost impossible to see every shot on every hole. And you can't get close anymore because it's uh, uh, the, 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 the depth of the uh, folks around every fairway and every green. Uh, and uh, so it's difficult to do that. So I've, I guess let's see, I, I like to go to five. Uh, because of that green, uh, uh, Alistair McKenzie uh, and all of the golf courses he built was uh, reputed to have uh, constructed at least one unputtable green on every golf course. Uh, and I don't know if uh, if he would agree that it's five. Some would probably say it's fourteen, but I like I like five because uh, as Freddie pointed out, as Tripp has mentioned in his book. You cannot read that green. You have to remember that one. Uh, so it's always fun uh, to uh, to sit there, and they've got a nice little uh, stand there, bleacher, uh, and watch them putt that hole there and, and see if I can wow the people sitting around me. Uh, and, that's, and I say, that's going to break left hard. <laughs> they say, no way. No, it's going to break. It's got to break right. And I said, and I, I'm not a betting man, but uh, uh, I said, uh, Yes, it is, uh, and they said. And anyway, and everybody's always amazed. But that's uh, 
and they they don't know they think i just came in from hoboken or something like that but <laughs> uh, it, it, anyway that's it's fun to watch that one but uh uh freddie couples might I, might agree with you doc on 14 the last time he had a chance to win it there yes <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah. That uh, that false front on fourteen, and the way that that green slopes from left to right, and then uh, particularly, uh, I mean, around the hole on left, uh, when they've got that thing left and not quite uh, a little sh- short of middle, uh, that thing there it will drive you crazy. And that's the great thing about that golf course. It's the it's the greens. I mean, the, it's the fairways are. They're just beautiful. The rough is what I think they grew it to an inch, a whole inch. Um, yeah. and, uh, but but it's 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 the greens, uh, the McKenzie greens. I don't know if any of y'all have had a chance to play many of the McKenzie courses, Pasatiempo or uh, Cypress or or even Palmetto or the National. But uh, he was the the master of topography, which was what he did in the First World War, and the way his greens are constructed. Uh, I mean, they're they're a challenge to, uh, uh, and they'll, they'll they'll make you cuss. They make you cuss. <laughs> yes, they are. I, I've been fortunate to play all three of those, and they are fantastic. Oh well, that's great. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad that, that that you have because that, uh, uh, and he's got so many others too. I mean, it's uh, yes. he was quite a prolific builder in a very uh, relatively short period of time. It's a uh, that's one of the saddest things in, in golfing history and the history of the Augusta National is he never saw the Augusta National completed and, and never had a chance to play it. He would die before it was con- finished, the construction was finished. Yeah. Trip, uh, before we go, tell us how the Freddie and Me is being made a new movie. How's that coming? Yeah, it was actually, uh, we were looking to film uh, late summer, but as you know, with the uh, the virus going on and everything the whole hollywood world is completely on hold so it's it's unfortunately in holding pattern with with everybody else but uh, yeah it's uh it's gonna come to come to real life so we're we're all excited about that i and think it's a great who, story and who, who's playing you and who's playing freddie well you gotta say it's uh verbally attached uh but uh the the fellow that played uh forrest gump i'm and not forrest gump uh bubba in forrest gump uh he, uh, oh, yeah. I think his name is. And the crazy thing is that uh, right now he's the exact same age as Freddie was when I uh, first caddied at Augusta National. The exact same age, and they look a, wow. a lot alike. They've got the uh, the goatee, and uh, he even has a shell necklace like Freddie used to wear. If you go on the IMBD, I think it's what it's called, the website, he looks just like him. It's uncanny. And the uh, the, guy, the kids playing me is uh, my son's going to be me when I'm young, which I think is really cool. But then there's this. Uh, his last name's Quinn. I think it's Kevin Quinn. Um, he's a Disney guy originally. And when I told my little girl, who's now 15, that he's going to be playing me, she said, are you serious, Squad? They call me Squad. So it's not like bad, but it's kind of, kind of still cool, I guess. <laughs> are you serious, Squad? And I said, yeah. I said, why do you look like so surprised? She goes, well, he's beautiful. And I said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> sure. I said, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll ugly him up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully this uh, virus will leave us soon and we can get back to rolling. But Yeah, yes. exactly right. Keep us up to date on that. And guys, this I has just been an absolute pleasure for a, 
golf fanatic like Chris and myself. My my dad uh, had a passion for the game a lot like you do, Doc, and uh, was uh, still carrying his bag at 80 as well and uh, just lost him uh, this last year. He was 92, but I think he played up till he was either 90 or or maybe 90 and a half. So, um, yeah, just uh, the treasured treasured game that it is. It is a game for a lifetime, absolutely. Well, thank you for telling me that about your father. It gives me uh, an inspiration to to keep on toting that thing and climbing those hills. (laughs) You bet. I love it. (laughs) Guys, thanks a million. That's uh, Doc Bowden and Trip Bowden, author, doctor, father, son, uh, both storytellers extraordinaire. And uh, Chris, this has been fabulous. Fantastic stuff. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, available on our Facebook page at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Also, a podcast MN, a new landing spot for Minnesota podcasts. So find us there as well under Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Uh, special guest, uh, Chris, you guys uh, work together but don't see each other. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying off air uh, that Chuck and I have been going in so many different directions. This is about the only chance we get to talk. So. <laughs> But I want to welcome to the show the director of golf at Craigan's Legacy Courses, Chuck Kalansky, frequent uh, guest in front of the show. Yeah, it's uh, great to talk to you guys again. Yeah, good to good to talk to you, Chuck. Uh, we want to we'll get an update on the course in a minute. We also want to talk about the CRMC Championship at uh, Craigan's Resort, uh, the strangest year ever. So uh, we're going to just talk about how things are going there. Still on the schedule tentatively now. Uh, March, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, August uh, 17th uh, through the 23rd. So that's the uh, McKenzie Tour coming to town. Huge opportunity for Brainerd, and uh, we're all kind of fingers crossed at this point, correct, Chuck? Yes, sir. That's a great uh, a great uh, summary, if you will. Uh, we've been in talks with uh, the PGA Tour Canada, the McKenzie Tour, just about their schedule um, as they're trying to work out uh, at least a 10-event schedule for the McKenzie Tour this year and how Craigans works into that. Um, as you know, the weeks go by here and their earlier events get postponed or rescheduled, um, you know, we're just trying to work with them to see how we can be a, a part of that uh, in 2020. And, and also just to look at, you know, as a first-year event, if, um, you know, maybe 2021 is is the first year. So the event currently is, is scheduled, though, to happen this August. So we're very hopeful that that can, that can happen. Sure, Ailey. I'm, you have to look at uh, every angle. I'm sure impact on the our own community and impact on uh, uh, the golfers coming from different spots of the world and that kind of thing. Correct? No, it's true. It's it's interesting to um, you know look at all the all the different factors. But um, you know, international travel right now is uh, is is not real easy for people, and not everyone that plays on the tour you know lives in America. But um, we did find out last week that the um, Golf professionals are going to be allowed to travel across the Canadian border, at least. So that was uh, that was good news. And you know, just also looking at the the local economy and and our uh, our partners and you know how their businesses are doing. And and uh, you know, it's a community event, so it's not just a Craigan's decision. It's definitely uh, a lot of Brainerd Lakes area and and Cuyuna Regional Medical Center, and we've got their full support. But it's just trying to make sure that it's the right uh, right time to do this thing. Sure, exactly right. Makes sense. So. Lodging and everything else. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. I'm sorry, man. Chuck, can you share, whether it's our event or a PGA Tour event, financially, how does all that come together? What 
what components are, are part of that? Yeah, so the, uh, you know, basically the sponsor, um, the, our partners, our financial partners, um, you know, they help make the donations and, and purchase the different packages that we have available. And those include advertising, pro-am playing spots for the pro-am on, on Wednesday of tournament week, um, you know, all the signage during the event, but also um, links through our website and that kind of stuff in the, in the weeks and months leading up to that event, um, social media mentions and all that kind of stuff, Chris. So it's really, a, a like we say, it's a year-long partnership, not just a one-week golf tournament. Um, and that's why it's hard right now is because, you know, people are struggling or their businesses are, are closed. So if, right. it was, uh, if it was normal times, we have a lot of support, and uh, it's just right now this is throwing a wrench at us. Sure, no doubt. So kind of uh, a go as we speak and tr- just hoping to be one of those 10 that they're, that they're putting on the schedule. Time-wise, I guess the natural uh, timing of it is good if we can uh, get out from underneath uh, some of this cloud. Uh, just that, you know, it's a good thing we weren't scheduled in May or June is what I'm saying. Uh, there's still a yes, chance sir. in August. I, that's absolutely right. We were happy that we were at the at the back end of the schedule. So yeah. now, now we might be a mid-season or an early season event on their uh on their calendar um the pga tour and corn ferry tour you know are looking at some wraparound schedules it sounds like and so i wouldn't be shocked if uh something like that happened on the mckenzie tour as well sure yeah well we'll try to keep everybody up to date on that part of it and uh, just just again fingers crossed and it would be fantastic to do it this year but that sounds like everybody's committed if uh, if to, if next year's the first year then next year's the first year Yep, that's the great news is our partners and the PGA Tour Canada, Mackenzie Tour, um, you know, we're in an agreement with them. So the event will happen, and it, it truly, like you said, just becomes, is it this year that's the first year or is it is it next year? So either way, we're, frankly, we're still very excited. And we've had a lot of volunteer um, people volunteer, you know, to, to be a part of the event as well. So it's like those those things make you feel happy and confident that we'll be able to pull pull off a nice community event when when the time comes yeah again uh, tentative schedule uh, august 17th through august 23rd so yeah let's just hope that happens and chuck the the course is in fantastic shape you guys are uh making some necessary uh uh i guess meeting regulations set by the state and that kind of thing but uh, a lot of guys getting out there and enjoying a course that's in uh, extraordinarily good condition for early in the season Thanks. Yeah, it is really uh, greening up out here and a lot of sunshine. And Matt and his staff have got the got the course rolling really well. Um, it's obviously a little bit different with everyone being in their own golf cart. But one thing we've noticed is that the pace of play is is uh, extremely fast. So many groups playing in three hours and fifteen minutes to three and a half hours, which for out at the Legacy is a little bit faster than normal. Chuck, do you, do you do you think that some of the things that are in place right now are going to continue to be in place after the the all this stuff we get back to the new normal do you, do you think some of the pace of play things and the way we're doing things will be a trend in, in golf i sure hope so chris i mean i think that uh this is showing people that golf doesn't have to be a four hour and a half um endeavor and you know just simple practices like uh you know, leaving the flag stick in, even if even if it's not mandated. I mean, the rules of golf allow for that now. So, you know, I'm right. hoping that people will see that. Um, you know, there are there are minutes and things saved. But not that we're in a big rush to get everybody through here. It's just it's more enjoyable to play at a at a uh, a nice pace of play. Well, one of the barriers in golf today that people complain about is the time element. So, if we can shorten that, more people are going to play golf. 
Yes, sir. So I do think that there's, uh, I think some of this stuff, you know, I think everyone's learning a little bit about their just own personal habits and just their uh, in recreational decisions and that kind of stuff. So I think that, uh, you know, hopefully it'll come out of their golf this strong. And the nice thing is there has been a lot of play. People have been <laughs> excited to come out and get some exercise, and we've seen more people walking and that. So that's uh, all, those are all positives. I think we turned in three hours and fifteen minutes on on Thursday night and had a had a great time. It, it did feel good when you're done, and it's uh, an hour <clears throat> or two earlier than than you're used to finishing up. So, uh, fantastic. Yep. But so now we're just looking forward to uh, you know getting the getting the restaurants back open. That's not quite happening yet, but uh, we do have some to go food uh, available for golfers as they're as they're leaving the premises and. Uh, you know, we we'll continue to have our, our ladies' night on Tuesdays and our men's day on on Thursdays where people can just book tee times and come out and play. There's no organized competitions yet, but uh, just get some fellowship in with, with your friends and, and, you know, kind of leave that night or day on your calendar so that when things do open up again, we're used to playing golf. That's kind of what we've done is our team has just uh, scheduled in the uh, Thursday a little earlier than league time usually so we can get... 18 in and if it does open up into league situation which uh, is understandable you know you get 120 guys kind of jammed together is the way league works right now uh, before you tee off so that's uh, kind of on restriction right now but yeah we're really enjoying it and i know we were joking chuck uh, you never see me in april or may so <laughs> no no baseball has definitely been a different uh, different thing but it's great to see you out here and all, all the teams we've got uh, you know, big league league signed up, so it's it's nice to see people all playing and, like you said, getting together. And uh, you know, the competition's a part of it, but a lot of people are enjoying just the fellowship portion of it, which is important as well. Yeah, first time in 25 years I haven't called baseball games, and strange. I <laughs> I, I think that fellowship is is almost more important than the golf right now, and that when people are just starved to see other people, I think if you've if you've been on lockdown like we have been, yeah. That's very true. Very true. It's nice to be a part of that, uh, give people some relief out here and, and, you know, kind of be a part of the solution. So far, I've been able to fight off giving you a hug when I see you, Chuck, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if I accidentally do it. <laughs> it's great to, see, great to see everybody out here. And again, thanks for helping us uh, spread the word on the championship and, uh, and what's going on out here at the Legacy. Chuck, thanks a million for joining us. That's Chuck Kletkatsky, head golf professional at uh, Craigens. And you're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan podcasting now at uh, at Podcast MN. Podcast MN is a new landing spot for Minnesota podcasts. Also, you'll find us at uh, our Facebook page, Lakes, Woods, and Irons on uh, Facebook. And uh, leave a message for us there if you like. Ideas for the show, questions for Chris, that kind of thing would be great. And, of course, 1380 KLIZ. And uh, thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2020 Buicks. Chris, we want to bring up something that uh, you've got in mind that's, uh, I think, going to be uh, kind of a real fun idea. Yeah, you know, the myself and the legacy have been, you know, kind of trying to come up with ways where, number one, we could we could thank all these frontline people that have really uh, been so valuable during the you know the pandemic and kind of the lockdown so many of us had to stay at home and and not work but we've got all these people's teachers police officers firefighters all the hospital workers that have been at the front lines of of uh 
you know, keeping us going during this, the pandemic and the lockdown. And so we're, we're going to do a, a series of cl- free clinics for those people. Um, by the time the show airs, we'll have it posted on the Lakes, Woods and Irons page and, and uh, Facebook and my website. But we're going to do some, some free one hour clinics for, for all these people. And, you know, with all the social distancing and, and physical distancing, seen uh precautions so that we can do it safely but uh we want to get everybody out here and, and just give those people a thank you and uh either introduce them to golf or uh or give them a little tune-up at the at the start of the season yeah you bet what a great idea and everybody yeah, can so use really old... doing that. yeah good so teachers police fire hospital kind of frontline people all the yeah all the frontline people have been uh you know been out there helping during the all the this uh these trying times off topic a little, but I know your wife Amy is a kindergarten teacher, and and uh, uh, came up in a show I was watching the other night. To, you know, I think it might have been on the news. They were talking about well, teaching seniors and juniors and sophomores is one thing, and middle school school students. But they even mentioned the kindergarten teachers. How would you like to wrangle, you know, thirty kindergarten over the computer? Oh boy! <laughs> I've seen it firsthand. I'm sure you uh, have. <laughs> uh, some of it's comical. Some of it will make you cry. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I've seen Amy in action with those kids. She loves them so much, and all those teachers do. So, uh, no they're working some overtime for sure. Chris, a couple tips early in the season. Uh, we had kind of a, a funny one we'd referenced on the show. You know, to practice your swing and and maybe your slow swing. I think we joked about me. You know, cleaning the. Uh, cleaning the window on the deck so I could see my swing. But uh, you're, you're, you're noticing some swings that get to the golf course that haven't been able to swing. So what's happening? Well, <laughs> you know, the, so many people are practicing inside or in the backyard and uh, hitting into a net or whatever. And I, I, I've seen several people who, uh, you know, they've come to me and they, they said, boy, you know, I've been hitting balls inside or, you know, in the garage or whatever it is. Uh, and they're just hitting it terrible. And I ask them about it and they said, well, I, you know, I wasn't able to make my full backswing or I had to swing more around myself and, uh, or I couldn't make my follow through the way I normally do. And the tip this week is if you can't make a full swing, like you normally would don't swing. <laughs> <laughs> and I say it in kind of in jest, but boy, you can, you can build some, uh, some really bad habits in a hurry too if you uh if you can't make a, a normal yeah typical golf swing so developing the two-thirds backswing is not probably good <laughs> not not exactly <laughs> one thing uh with the uh multiple carts now uh so you go out and force them with four carts maybe or somebody walking and three carts whatever the case might be we've talked about uh thinking about your game quite a bit on the show and just for fun i've been in the cart now by myself a couple times so you know, keep this keeping your own score, and then uh, just for fun, I've got the chips in there for first the putts, then the chips, and then the approach shot. And I only mark approach if I hit what I would call, uh, you know, a, a quality approach shot. Maybe sure. on a par five, if it's a second shot and I'm in play in the short grass, then then that's one. You know, then you look back at the card and maybe play a decent round, and then you think. How did I two chip six different holes? You know, we've, <laughs> right. we've talked about it on the show a million times. I mean, once in a while you'll three putt, but the uh, the chipping and the putting, I don't know. It was uh, it's it's kind of an eye opener at the end of the round, even though I have a great time. And there are, like we've talked about, there are a half dozen shots out there. I bet. 
Yeah, you know, and I, I think there's there's stats that are uh, you know more important than others. But the key is to you know if if you're going to create a plan to get better, you have to know what your weaknesses are, and go after those weaknesses, your strengths and your weaknesses. And and to create a plan, you have to you have to keep track of some of that stuff. So that's a great start. And one of the things that I would really encourage people to do is on on their approach shots. Mark where your where your approach shots end up. So are they on the green? Are they short of the green? Long, right, left, and then kind of where they land. If if they are on the green, what part of the green they land on? And if you track this over over four or five rounds or six rounds, the the average person is going to find that they miss the majority of their greens short right. A lot of times it goes back to something we've talked on the show before. Most people don't have a realistic expectation of how far they hit their clubs, and most people they hit you know their seven iron is based or their distance is based on the best shot they ever hit with that club not the average distance that they hit the club right yeah so if you you know if you track where those especially the misses are on your approach shots and see that that most of your misses are short by simply becoming more aware of your true yardages and taking more club you hit more greens and automatically your scores are going to be lower my dad was a golf student, much like yourself, not a teacher, but a teacher of me, certainly. <laughs> but he would say this basically the same thing. How many, what percentage of, of your shots do you think have gone over the green in your life? That's right. You no, know, it's not that many. <laughs> no, unless there's, a, unless there's a water hazard behind the green. Right, then. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, every every green you hit, every additional green you hit in regulation is is approximately two and a shot, two and a half shots better around. So if if you, you know, to to shoot even par, you have to hit uh, statistically 12 greens in regulation. To break 80, you have have to hit uh, seven to eight greens in regulation. So each of the, if you can hit one more green in regulation, you can lower your scores by about two and a half shots. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, that and the and the uh, two chips. Exactly. I'm like, my, be... like my one of my mentors, Hank Haney, I says, you, you know, if you can eliminate penalty shots, two chips, and three putts, you're uh, you're going to be playing very good golf. All right, Chris, that does it for this week. Appreciate the tips, and uh, love to see you out there when I get out there and see you teaching uh, young people and old people alike, So, like myself, for instance. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you soon, Matt. All right, sounds good. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. We do want to thank our guests, uh, Chuck Kletkatsky, and also uh, Tripp and Doc Bowden for joining us on this show. Again, Lakes, Woods, and Irons, 1380 KLIZ.